Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. We are excited to welcome this week's special guest, Corey Rowdy Haynes. Tuck, we are back, baby. Week three, SEC versus SEC. It's happening. Before we get into our special guest, Tuck, I do want to give a quick shout out. We, I got our status report, our data report from Alitu today, uh, and we have one listener who's listened to every single episode in Italy. So shout out to our, our fans in Italy. Shout out to the Italian fans. We've gone Dude, international, Tuck. The big I, SEC guys have gone international. I didn't know the SEC traveled that well, but I, I'm, I'm pumped to hear about it. And whoever you We're are, uh, reach out to me and we'll give you a special shout out. I just, I love the idea of like just an Italian guy sitting on like his beautiful deck overlooking some amazing lake, just listening to the two of us talk about SEC football and just crying because South Carolina or LSU or Alabama are bad this year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, love it. Well, we've got a very special guest. Tuck, kick us off. Introduce our special guest. Yeah. I want to introduce, we got. Good friend of mine went to college together at Georgia. He is a damn good dog, uh, but also lives in Denver uh, and has, uh, you know, right now the hottest team uh, media-wise, especially, and, and probably on the field, it's Colorado. And That's so, beyond Sanders uh, country. <laughs> Corey's got some some fun takes with that. So we, we wanted to bring him on, kind of see what the feeling was like from Colorado, especially with the big in-state rivalry happening this week. But also, you know, Georgia, South Carolina has the CBS game, 3.30. And so uh, good old Corey Rowdy Haynes, uh, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, it's nice to talk some SEC football, you know, out here in Colorado. It's uh, it's more of a more of a pro sports town. So it's just as I'm excited to, to dive into some some SEC stuff and a little bit of Colorado stuff. Yeah, we're not we're not always strictly SEC here. I, Jack came in with a hot uh, NC State bet last week against Notre Dame. Uh, yes, it flubbed, but you know we we appreciated the take. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to our other our last special guest, Jack the Doctor Davis, who came on was very passionate about an NC State take on the SEC podcast, and then got it completely wrong. So love that energy from Jack. Very good. Corey, we're pumped to have you on the pod. It's always good to get a West Coaster on the pod. Very, I'm sure you're probably not from the West Coast, but you're living out there in Colorado, so that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm actually from Athens, Georgia. So nice. you know, a dog from day one. Um, a lot of dog fans out here, so you can find a good place to watch a game. Um, it's actually a pretty good place with uh, the timing, so I can watch a lot of Pac-12 games now. They don't, yeah, I was out there a few years a. ago. What's the uh, what's the Georgia bar out there? It's called Park Burger. That's uh, right. It's in Rhino, kind of the the hip industrial district of the city. Uh, it's really small though. It's hard to uh, hard to get there like early enough to get a table. 
Um, we had some buddies though, who are actually Georgia people open a bigger bar this year. So burn down if any Denver people are listening, that's going to be the new, you know, Georgia bar where I'm going to be watching games a lot bigger, a lot easier to get drinks, which makes it the game a lot more enjoyable. There you go. If you got enough people, then you might just have to make a big pit. That's right. That's right. I like it. This episode now sponsored by Burndown. Very good. <laughs> Another one of our future sponsors. Oh, yeah. No free shout out. Sorry. <laughs> Love it. Burndown, if you're listening, pay us to give you a shout out. That's huge. Well, y'all want to kick this thing off and start talking SEC football? I mean, this is the this is the first week where it's happening. We've got some SEC versus SEC matches. It's about a... I thought it was going to be about half SEC versus SEC slate. Really, I think there's only talk what three, three different games that are. Yeah, I think there's just three games, but six of the teams. But you know, I look. I'm I'm just happy to be optimistic about something here because yeah, I, I think when I was doing that review pod, um, my wife says that my my role on this show is to be the asshole, and I don't want to be the asshole. But yeah. you know, when the SEC is just consistently losing to Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC teams, that I'd have to become a little bit of an asshole to, to you know, stomach it. So I'm – new day, new me. I'm, I'm pumped to talk about some SEC on SEC football, see, see what we got moving forward. I like it. I like this new Tuck energy. I love it. I, uh, I agree with you, Tuck. I mean, you got to be – the beauty of this pod is we're realists. We're not going to come on here and sugarcoat and say, oh, everything's perfect. Because right now, uh, everything is not perfect in the SEC. And we're going to get to that a little more in the week three preview. But I, I think the most important thing here, Dan and Tuck, it's rivalry week. My South Carolina Gamecocks playing Tuck's Georgia Bulldogs and Corey's Georgia Bulldogs. 27 and a half points for the Gamecocks. Boy, that is tempting, Tuck. Let me tell you, that is one tasty morsel. Are we kicking it off with this game? Uh, no, no, we're not kicking it <laughs> off. I was just, I, I, uh, I've already, I've received multiple texts uh, about bets. I'm in a mustache bet, so hope. Oh man, I was about covered. to say we we got to string we got to string the listeners out a little longer than than getting to the juice right yeah, out of the no, gate. No, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not ready to talk. Y'all got to listen to some Auburn Sanford takes before you. Get yeah, the Georgia South Carolina ones. We're gonna make you dive into a little bit of the minutia before you get to the dessert that is South Carolina Georgia, if that is even dessert. Uh, uh, but no, this is my favorite rivalry uh, as a Georgia fan. Yeah. It's I don't think it's Georgia's biggest rivalry, but it's my personal favorite. Being from Savannah being on the South Carolina line. And I just felt like we grew up with a number of South Carolina f- friends uh, that, that were fans of, of South Carolina growing up. And so right, growing up, quick, it was always name a, one name, one other than me, Thomas Turner uh, on our oh, soccer team. We had Green. Very like good. Mikey Decker was a, a one. Mikey Wolverton. Yeah. Shout out. Or Mikey Wolverton. Wolverton that's right. Um, yeah. So I, I, all right. Very I, good. So we were doing travel soccer together and I just remember always watching the South Carolina game. And then, um, I don't know. I, I, then I, in college, we lost to y'all, uh, three times in five years. Yeah. And so, uh, I, then I learned to just absolutely hate y'all. Those um, yeah. And now I'm doing a podcast with you, Dan. So I just got all these weird South Carolina connections that make it my personal favorite rivalry. 
Love it. Listener, if you heard Tuck there, we did play uh, travel select soccer together. We were both elite, elite soccer <laughs> prospects. So um, that's the takeaway. I hate to brag on the podcast, but a lot of a lot of awards, a lot of a lot of interest collegiately for both of us, let me tell you. So we're we've we've got it. We've Corey, got what do you think of South Carolina? Yeah, so you know, I've been in Denver for about three years now, but Prior to that, I was in Charleston, South Carolina, which is quite the hotbed great for, for a lot of Cox fans. Yeah, great city. But, you know, if you went to home team barbecue on a Saturday, oh, you yeah. had to make sure you, you know, you scheduled around the Cox game. And I, I watched Georgia lose in 2019 with some friends there. Uh, a lot of, lot of USC, USC fans getting loud. It's a, uh, it was a tough scene, but yeah, I, I, like Tuck said, I now have a lot of friends who are diehard South Carolina fans. And I've been just hearing some just absolutely unhinged takes this week. So <laughs> I cannot wait I to love get it. to this game. I love it. And Corey, you've got yourself a new friend that's a South Carolina fan. So pleasure, to, right. Add pleasure one to join in. your company. That's what, I need. that's what I needed more of. Yeah, love some it. more delusional South Carolina fans in your oh, DMs. Boy. You got got one right here in the moment. I told Tuck about our third string quarterback who's looked incredible against Furman. I think he's going to win the Heisman in 2025 now. So there's a nice delusional take. Uh, Let's go down the line here. Let's start at the noon games. You know, Tuck, I like to do this by time. Let's start at the noon games. We'll work our way up. That way the listener can understand sort of the, the slate, if you will, of games throughout that day. The first game's a good one. That's LSU, Mississippi State. Tuck, let's start with you. How are you feeling about this one? I, I've gone back and forth on this one every time I look at it, I swear. Uh, I mean, it's a nine-and-a-half-point line in favor of LSU. I feel like it should be more like a 14-point line, but it's at Mississippi State. Um, and the over-under to me is juicy at 54-and-a-half. Um, Feels low. Feels low. Well, I'll, I'll I'll get to my take here in a little bit, uh, my pick. But you know, in general, the game, I I think it's a big game for LSU. I mean, they they need to prove that they are back on top of the SEC West. Um, that Florida State beat down. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know if there's much better way to call it. Um, definitely has them in shambles. And, and talking to some people from Louisiana. I, I mean, they're like, oh, Brian Kelly, he's not a fit, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say he's on the chopping block or anything like that, but I, I think as soon as he does have a bad year, it, they're going to be calling for his head just because he doesn't yeah. quite fit in. Um, and so, you know, when I look at this game, the most intriguing part to me is Mississippi State's offense. Um, yep. They went from the number one passing offense in the country for three years straight uh, as far as attempts go if nothing else to running the ball last week for i think like 39 times and throwing it for 17 um and part of me thinks that this is just the new mississippi state i i I think with the new offensive coordinator this is how they're going to handle things they're going to try to grind people out uh they're going to try to run the clock shorten the game keep it close and make you make mistakes. 
Um, I think that's kind of why this line is lower than you might think it would be. Um, and that's why for me, I'm going to take under 54 and a half as my bet for this game. I like it. Taking the under. Corey, let's hear it. How you feeling? Mississippi State versus LSU. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Being in the kind of towards the West Coast, I watched most of this uh, the Arizona Arizona Mississippi State game last last weekend. And honestly, Mississippi State was was fortunate to even be in that game. I think they had four interceptions off the yeah. Arizona quarterback. Yep. Their their defense is not good. I mean, they're that was supposed to be their calling card this year. They don't look great. You know, they really should have lost that game. I, you know, I'm just not a believer in Mississippi State. I LSU, I know they look bad against Florida State, but <clears throat> I'm hoping they they kind of, you know, I'm kind of thinking they will, you know, build a little bit towards as the season goes on. Kind of like last year when they got routed by Tennessee early, they kind of gained momentum and and got a lot better as the season went on. So, you know, I'm I I'm leaning towards LSU covering pretty easily. I w- I would say by two, you know, two touchdowns. So the nine and a half line is great for me. I would take LSU. Corey, I like it. I, right on cue. I, I like LSU as well. I, I have not been impressed with Mississippi state's defense either. Um, I, I think this is an LSU team that is better than what we saw against Florida state. I think Jaden Daniels has a big game. I think Malik neighbors has a big game. Finally has that sort of breakout game. And then, Brian Thomas Jr. keeps up his hot streak at receiver. I liked what I saw out of Logan Diggs last week. I think he's going to be really helpful on the ground. I think this LSU offense is just, frankly, too good for this Mississippi State defense. Um, I, I also like LSU covering nine and a half. I think it's going to be a good one because it's at it's in Starkville at Mississippi State. Tuck, you made a good point. I I'm ready to see Will Rogers air it out. Um, you know, he's known he's known for his arm. He's got a great arm. He's got a lot of arm talent. Mississippi State has decent receivers, and it seems like they're almost outright refusing to throw the ball. And I know Jaquavius Marks is a stud. We learned that this week as one of our studs of the week. Uh, that guy's a player. He's really good. But they're not going to be able to just ground and pound LSU. They're going to need to air it out. And we saw Florida State aired out against LSU and that LSU secondary is not what it usually is. So I've got LSU covering here, but I think it's going to be, I, I think that nine and a half is a good line. I think that's going to be a, a pretty good football game. All right. Let's keep it moving. Uh, the next one I'm excited about uh, SEC network noon game, Kansas state, Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Corey, let's start with you. Who do you like in this one? There's so much money pouring in on Kansas State right now, uh, yeah. and and the, and for good reason. You know, the Mizzou. I don't know that. You know, I don't know if Brady Cook's the guy. But you know, at home, you know, I know. You know, I watched Georgia almost lose to Columbia, lose to Missouri in Columbia last year. I know how hard it is to play there. Uh, you know. I'm leaning towards kind of going the opposite way and, and taking Mizzou in the points. Uh, they, I mean, they have, they're one of the only teams in the country with more than two five-star receivers. So at, at any time they can really go off and, and keep a team in, you know, keep Missouri in a game. 
So I'm going to take Missouri and the points. I think it's at four and a half right now. It might have gone to five. Corey I was saw it at five, but we'll give you four and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. This, um, is a, this is a create your own spread podcast. Give me Kansas State plus 45. <laughs> that's a lock. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Um, well, I got to battle you on this one, Corey. Uh, I, the more research I just kept doing into Kansas State, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I watched them beat the crap out of the two cupcakes that they beat the crap out of the first two games. I mean, we're talking about the defending Big 12 champs. Uh, and then I dig in. I mean, their quarterback started the last seven games of last year for them. Yeah, uh, and he was good, good, and he can run the ball. He's athletic. Uh, and, and they're returning 73% of their production on offense uh, from when I looked up. And, and this is a team that won 10 games last year. Uh, now, it was the Big 12, and so it was kind of – you know, they've got a lot of these mid-tier games, and they, they Kansas State just seemed to be the team last year that eked out a lot of them. Um, but as I said in the last week two review podcast, my my notes for Missouri was just Missouri equals bad. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, they are – they have just not been good this year. Brady Cook has not been good this year. Um I agree with you. I, 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 as a Georgia fan, I'm kind of scared that that defense is going to show up and just claw at Kansas State and keep this. I mean, the over/under is only at 48, so I mean they're expecting this to be a pretty low-scoring game. Um, so I, I do think it'll be kind of a fighting and claw match. But at the end of the day, I think Kansas State is just better. On top of the fact that the SEC hasn't covered a dang spread against. Uh, another power five conference it feels like uh this year so i mean i know they have on a couple but in general i'm not about to start riding it now i'm I'm taking kansas state i'm with you tuck i'm taking kansas state as well this one this one just seems you know i hate seeing that kansas state minus i you know i've seen it minus three and a half minus four minus four and a half minus five that just almost seems too good to be true uh, Will Howard, Kansas State's quarterback, is good. A lot of hate uh, from the two of you on Brady Cook. I mean, the guy's completing 78% of his passes, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So he hasn't really made any mistakes. That being said, I totally agree with y'all. I don't think he's very good. Uh, I think he's a low, low-tier low SEC starter. For Missouri, it's going to be the Cody Schrader and Luther Burden. The third show, this is going to be one of those games where Cody Schrader gets you know, 20 to 25 carries. Brady Cook probably throws it 20 times. And of those 20 times, you know, 15 of the targets are to Luther Burden the third. So those are your names to look out for. Um, and I've got Kansas State winning this one. SEC continues to go down bad. It continues. All right. We've got two 330 games. We're going to start with the worst of the two 330 games. And that is Alabama versus South Florida. Tuck, how you feeling about this one? Um, you know, not too much to say about this. It, it's a feel-good game for Alabama after yeah. that Texas loss last week. Um, I do. I have them covering thirty-two points. I think that, you know, at, at the end of the day, Jalen Milrow is just one of those freak athletes that is going to look really good against subpar defenses, um, and I think that that's what South Florida is bringing to the table. And I, I think Alabama is just going to 
run all over them, pass all over them, do whatever they want, do exactly what they did to MTSU week one, essentially, and have everyone thinking Alabama is back at Alabama standards. And, and I, I think they need it for, for morale purposes. Yeah, I'm with you, Tuck. This feels like one of those like high school football games you watch where the better team has some uber-athletic quarterback and he's just sort of doing whatever he wants and the other team is just sort of watching that quarterback do whatever he wants. This feels like that game for Jalen Milrow. He's going to be the best athlete on the field. I continue to beat this drum. I mean, is Jason McClellan ever going to start to be what we think and hope he can be? Is he? Is this going to be the breakout game where he finally has, you know, 15 carries for 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns? Because we need one from him, and I'm I'm continuing to watch the Alabama receivers and see if I can learn anything. I mean, it seems like Jermaine Burton's their best option, and I, you know, I don't think he's anything special. I don't even know if I'd have him as like a top ten receiver in the SEC. So I'm I don't I don't I'm think looking McClellan for has. I don't think McClellan has room to run. I mean, I don't know. Sorry if I if, if I didn't catch that on the on the last pod, but the I mean the Alabama offensive line, I mean it's pretty troubling. It's young. It's young. I know they have the the freshman tackle who's going to get better, but <clears throat> against Texas, I mean they just had nowhere to go. Corey, I agree. It's a uh, the the offensive line's been a problem. The offensive line has not been good and. It feels like Jalen Milrow's running for his life. Jason McClellan has nowhere to go, but I still I, I want more from that Alabama offensive line. I want more from that rushing attack. I want to see that smash mouth Alabama team that just goes in and pushes people around. And that was that was not what we saw against Texas. I will I will say I think that you know they're gonna win easily. I think, you know, yep. being out here in Colorado, you know, legal betting state. Uh you know, I would take South Florida with the points just just because of kind of what's happened with Georgia in the last couple of weeks. You know, you get up, get up pretty early and, and you put the backups in and South Florida is, is not quite a pushover. So I probably see them covering 32 points. Um, you know, I could see it being, you know, 48 to, you know, 14 or 48 to 17 or something like that. Yeah, and you got to think South Florida's got to have some of that Florida talent, right? I mean, Florida is still an talent, elite yeah. talent producing state, and South Florida is going to be a popular option for some of that, you know, Florida talent. So you got to think they're going to have some guys. Thirty two is a lot of points. It's an awful lot of points. Yeah, for me, I just think I mean the way the line and everything's set up, they've got it being about a forty six fourteen game. I mean, that, that's kind of how the lines work out. And for I, I just I think Alabama's going to run it up and. It, it might be 59 points by the end of this thing. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is actually sponsored by the cottage shop, the premier wedding shop in Savannah, Georgia, and your one-stop shop for wedding registry, fine China calligraphy and custom invitation design. The cottage shop where weddings happen. All right, let's get down to what we, what everybody wants to hear. All of our <laughs> listeners have been waiting for this. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the data report earlier. Basically, our our listener spread on this podcast is like forty percent Georgia fans, forty percent South Carolina fans, eighteen nineteen percent other, and then one uh, percent people in Italy. So we've got an interesting <laughs> spread an interesting spread on the podcast. So 
Let's talk about it. South Carolina, Georgia. I, I want to focus more on the game on this one as opposed to, let's call it like a betting line or a way to bet. Um, I'll start, Tuck and Corey, if y'all don't mind. This is this is an interesting one, right? My my heart tells me there's some magic in Spencer Rattler. There's some magic in Xavier Leggett. In theory, we're getting Juice Wells back, and there's some magic in Juice Wells. So my heart, my heart's telling me there's some magic there to maybe keep it close for a portion of the game, but that it goes back to the old heart versus head debate, right? I, in my head, I know South Carolina's offensive line is really bad. I know our defensive line is not very good. I know Georgia's offensive line is really good, and I know their defensive line and secondary are really good. So, I, I'll tell you, I, I kind of see this as one of those games where. Georgia can just run the ball any any time, any place, any way, uh, and South Carolina is going to struggle to stop it. And then offensively, like I, every night I've been saying a little prayer for Spencer Rattler. It sounds a little bit like God, you know, please let him be okay. Don't let him, don't let him get hurt. <laughs> I think he's going to be more or less running for his life. He's not going to have a lot of time with our offensive line. I could see this being one of those games where we rush for like less than 20 rushing yards total. Um, so S- South Carolina is going to have to throw it. It's going to have to be R- Rattler, Leggett, and Wells if we're going to keep it close. Um, and we're going to need some turnovers from Carson Beck. I mean, that's that's the only way this is a close game. My head tells me this gets a little, th- that we keep it close for maybe a quarter or two quarters, and then Georgia just starts to pound us um, via running the ball and stopping the run. So. We'll see. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear Corey Tuck y'all's thoughts on this game since y'all know the Georgia side better. Um, Corey, kick it off. What are you looking for, Corey? Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> kind of going back to last year, there, there's a a very interesting dynamic with Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer. Yeah. And these have been flying. I'm sure you've heard that. And I tend to I tend to buy into it just based off what we saw last year, where you know Georgia's up 38 to zero, and Carson Beck's throwing fly routes to, to Oscar Dell, you know, running up the score. It, what I mean by that is I don't think Kirby and Shane got along when they were, <clears throat> when Shane was on Kirby's staff. I don't know if it's from the wakey leaks thing. I don't know if it's from different personalities, but it seems that Kirby really likes to beat South Carolina. I know that they compete for recruits. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but I think he'll have kind of the game plan tuned up as much as possible to win this game, as opposed to some more vanilla offenses that, you know, operate, you know, in some of the earlier games, I, you know, I, you know, like you said, I could see, you know, Spencer Rattler hitting a couple long passes early and, and keeping this within a touchdown. But in the end, you know, I, I think this is a blowout. Um, and, and if that means by 21 points or by, you know, 30 points, you know, there's not a huge difference there. Uh, you know, as a betting person, I already I, I I have taken Georgia to cover, but I I think it'll be at least a, a three touchdown game. You know, it's halfway through the third quarter. So you're taking Georgia to cover the 27 and a half. Was that the line yeah. you got? Yeah, okay. 27 yeah. and a half was what I got. I think that's a reasonable bet. Tuck, go ahead. Yeah, I um I agree with Corey. Uh, I'm not taking this one. Um, Solely for the reason of, I just I don't want to bet on the Georgia South Carolina game because 
somehow y'all I still have it in my head where y'all get us, even though it hasn't happened in a while. Um, but so I do that, think that PTSD. Yeah, just college. a little PTSD is keeping me from putting my, any money on it or, or taking it in the podcast. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think Georgia is going to have to – we're going to open up the offense way more than you saw the first two weeks um, and let let some plays loose that we haven't seen yet. Uh, I, I At the end of the day, I'm really intrigued to just see the secondary of Georgia – Versus those wide receivers of South Carolina. I hope yeah. Juice Wells is in full form because I want to see us go up against that wide receiving duo of Leggett and Juice Wells with Spencer Rattler throwing them the rock. Now, that being said, all we have to do is bring five people and he's only got <laughs> three seconds. Um, that? Yeah. And, and I think to y'all's point of what happens as this game goes on, it's just going to get worse and worse because you know, y'all's – offensive line isn't great and y'all don't have backups for him either i mean the backups are way worse so when we've got six defensive linemen that we can rotate in and just pummel you and we've got seven linebackers that we can just rotate in and pummel you and you know man up on those two guys on the outside with kind of safeties over the top to make sure we don't let up that big play i I think Kirby does a really good job. They, you saw it against Tennessee last year, where they keep the plays in front of you. Uh, he knows how to he knows how to keep everything in front. So he might be giving up uh, some slant routes and some curls and some short passes here and there, and, and y'all might have a, a couple little sustained drives. But it, I don't think it turns into you know any significant points and i just think georgia at the end is just going to wear south carolina down because we've got three four years of recruiting top three classes and south carolina doesn't um and so just having those dudes that come in and back up situations and just continue to have a high motor because they're completely full their tank's completely full because they haven't been playing the past few plays i mean that's just something south carolina doesn't have right now uh, and Georgia does, and I, you know, I, I do also think that Corey's got a point about the Shane Beamer uh, Georgia thing, and, and maybe that's why Shane Beamer came out uh, with the uh, uh, what's his name was on sides. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Simmons was on sides this week to maybe maybe have Kirby take a little uh, break on him this year. I will yeah, say. One thing that could be possible is you know you know Bullard our our you know strong safety is it, he he's I think he's out you know he was in a boot on Saturday um, you know Georgia has obviously you know four stars five stars behind him but you know he's a big part of the, the secondary and it I I doubt he would play I know he's not practicing hadn't been for the last couple of days um, but you know, there's there's a, a a real possibility that he's he's not really a factor on Saturday. That's true, and I, I looked into that a little bit. But I mean, we still got Tyke Smith in the star, and then uh, David Daniel came in, and I, he he played well for us his freshman year. He he was great and a highly talented recruit, and then got hit by that car. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then apparently had turf toe during the spring game and stuff. So he hasn't, he's been kind of a little out of practice, but I mean, we're talking about another really good player in there. And um, at the end of the day, Kirby's 
I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, but he's such a defensive mastermind. If you've got one weapon, maybe two, he's going to figure out how to shut that down. Uh, you you really have to be able to run and throw the ball in order to take advantage of Georgia's defense. Yeah. You guys got me fired up. You know what? Give me South Carolina and the points. There Give me South go, Carolina Love it. Speaking of, speaking of weapons, what do you think about uh, – do you think we'll see any uh, Nick Harbour? I mean, he uh, is one of the most intriguing maybe. prospects I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah. I think the I think that's a great question. Nick Harbour gets a lot of love because he's a five star. Uh, was a five star. He had a touchdown last week against Furman on like a back shoulder throw, and he made an incredible catch. Like it was not a great throw. He was this the athlete guy that you were telling us about? Yeah, Dana? yeah. He's the biggest and fastest guy in college football, and that's not me saying that. That's like that's what the data oh, says. He'll run for sure. Yeah, T- Tucker. If you want to, I mean, if or if anybody wants to check it out, go to YouTube. Search, you know, Nick Harbour, yeah. and, and it's him running run the hundred yard dash, yeah. and he's <laughs> and he's twice the size of these guys, and just blowing them off the track. It's incredible. He'll run in the Olympics next year. That like people people actually think that they think he'll he'll make the Olympics in the hundred next year, which is wild because he'll. Still I'll be tell you where we need to watch out yeah. for him. Then is we need to watch out for him on punt coverage kick coverage they're, they're gonna have him thrown in on all those beamer ball plays probably trying to do freakish athlete things well he's been kind of hurt so he hasn't been playing a lot he he only played like five or six snaps against Furman. he did have a touchdown i think that i think the bigger question on south carolina fans minds since we'll give south carolina a little love on the future i i think it's will we see if rattler's getting eaten alive by the georgia defense like i think you will I wonder if we're going to see the freshman Lenora Sellers. He, I love this kid so much. Uh, I've been so impressed with him, his work ethic, his play. He's like a, he's like a better Anthony Richardson, and he's a freshman. Uh, Charles Powers, the the guy who runs on three, who used to run two four seven sports, came out the other day and said, and I quote, like, if I could re rank this class, Lenora Sellers would be five star number one dual threat quarterback. Wow. Um, wow. which was wild. And that's, that's the best rankings guy literally in the industry. Like that's, he's considered the best in the business. Um, so, so what the, situation I do you see him feel. coming in? Uh, I mean, we take out your quarterback Rattler dies. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> one. Um, and no, I, don't Rattler, Rattler's die. I mean, I don't mean that. No, no. Shane, Shane Beamer, I guarantee you promised Rattler. He'd never bench him. So he's, he's not getting benched, but I mean, and when I say die, I don't mean he actually dies and we have like a funeral. I mean, he gets hurt or just gets sacked a million times. Rattler's not a runner. He's not going to use his legs. And Lenora Sellers is 6'3", 245 pounds. He's one of the strongest people on the team. And he's also one of the fastest people on the team. Uh, and he's also got a cannon for an arm. One of the South Carolina Big Spur guys is actually uh, is like really trying to stump for him to be the starter over Rattler right now, which is funny. <laughs> that worked. Um, that worked in 2019 when the upset happened, right? Yeah, Linsky Gary got hurt. Joiner. Yeah, yeah, he's our running back. He's our running he's back a, now. Fun fact. A good memory. That's funny. Oh, I will say that that's also a, from. I don't know if you touched on this. I'm sorry, but uh, with with Georgia, you know, in the game, um, they, we started using one of our wide receivers, Dylan Bell, as a running back, uh, and there was a lot of chatter about that after the game of of him being used, you know, going forward. Um, he looked kind good. of as a he looks great. It's incredible. Um, 
So they, I mean, in they said going forward, you know, maybe out of the backfield more, you know, you'd be using him. Yeah, our, our running back looked for. sluggish, and then he came in and broke out like a twenty-five yard touchdown run with a couple great cuts, uh, finding open space, and it was like, wait, that's what I've been looking for. Yeah, uh, Debo Samuel ask. <laughs> yeah, really. Debo. Corey, I love your I love your game cut call outs. Very good. You're welcome. <laughs> I know. I know way Debo too much about South Carolina football. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I, it, one thing to look out for for South Carolina, like let's let's see if Lenora Sellers comes in, whether that's to run a few read options and maybe a goal line setting or, you know, if Rattler gets hurt, that would be that would be intriguing. Uh, talk about throwing him into the fire because George is the best defensive team in the country. But let's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this. I, I'll probably next week just be devastated if it is like what happened last year. But I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams this weekend, right? We're going to, we're going to get to see Georgia open up the playbook. We're going to get to learn if Carson Beck is as good or better or maybe worse than we think he is. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Rattler and the Gamecocks offense too. Like can our offensive line block Georgia long enough for Rattler to do anything? And if they can, how will he play against a really good defense? So that'll be interesting to see. I'm excited. Yeah. Same. Give me the Gamecock straight up. Change of heart. <laughs> Just kidding. God, I love that. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. Do we feel good about that? Have we covered that one? I feel good. Okay. Thanks, good. That was I, I appreciate hearing you guys' insight on Georgia because I, you know, I my eyes can tell me how good they are, but it's fun to hear about some of the different players doing different things. My favorite player is that Tyreek Hill dude on Georgia. What's yeah, his name? Yeah, that guy's a stud. I love him. Uh, and then is Lad McConkey is he coming back anytime soon? He, will, he, definitely, hey, he hasn't practiced at all. He's got some back issues going on. Um, so he won't play. He definitely Bullard won't out. play. Bullard is game time decision. Yeah, right? and it's yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. George is still pretty hurt. You know they. I think Lad McConkey's a hurt. bigger. Yeah, I mean, I, Lat McConkey is a bigger hit than we probably originally realized. I, I think if we can get him in, I mean, he's a true wide receiver one uh, that we're really missing right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, perimeter blocking. He's such a good blocker for how yes. small he is. It's 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 incredible. So that is sorry to keep going on Georgia, but no, Tucker like, could probably talk for hours. Yeah, we could dive into a bunch of little tidbits, but. McConkey's a stud. I'll tell you what, though, guys, we're we're only eight to twelve defensive line injuries for Georgia away from a Gamecocks victory. So <laughs> if, uh, you knock out 12, 13, 14 of those defensive linemen. I think it's anybody's game. I really believe that. All right, let's keep it rolling. This next one's going to be quick. Texas A and M, UL Monroe, warm up game for Texas A and M. Connor Weigman continues to get better. Evan Stewart has a big day. Corey Tuck, anything to add there on that one? Nothing really. Uh, bounce back game for AM. Just uh, let's get that defense. You know, hopefully they can get motivated after last week. Yeah. Uh, the defense was so bad. I it mean, hopefully terrible. they have a shutout, shutout or something. I mean, they're going to, yeah, they're going to blow them out. I mean, they're going to, I assume they're going to, Wegman's going to throw for, you know, two or 300 yards before he's pulled. But hopefully the defense can can gain some confidence because the second half of that game was like hard to watch. It was terrible. 
I agree. Which yeah, is, we want to see a bounce back for that Texas A&M defense. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, it seems like they fixed it with Petrino. The offense looks good. You know, yeah. they're firing. But you, that's the last thing I expected was the defense to fall off the cliff like that. So that's that's kind of disheartening. Yeah, it is bizarre how they have taken a 180 for better and for worse. <laughs> their, their offense has taken a 180 for the better. Connor Wyman like, looked bad at times last year. I mean, they wouldn't let him throw the ball more than 10 yards yeah. down the field. Um, and then, you know, the defense just getting torn up by Miami. Jimbo Fisher is an enigma for me. What is going on with that guy? It's like, I feel like he just, they like recruit unbelievably. They have infinite money because they're in Texas with Texas A&M and the oil money. And I think Texas A&M has one of the biggest, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the word. What's the word? Endowment. I think they've got one of the biggest endowments yeah. in the country. And it's like, the, and, and Jimbo Fisher in theory is a, a good college football coach. I mean, he won a national championship at Florida state. He, Seems like he knows what he's doing. And then, I mean, six years at Texas A&M, he hasn't done anything. I mean, the guy was 57 years old. You know, I, I just pulled it up. I was kind of curious how old he is. Is that old or young? That feels young. God, he looks so much older than that. Yeah. So much older <laughs> I just, than that. Like, I just think he's kind of <laughs> lost his edge. Like, you know, it just... Um, so how many times do I have to tell you? You get a stat like that. We got to play guess that age. Um, Corey sorry. would have been in the seventies. I would have been. In the <laughs> I would have said no. I would have said he was sixty-seven for sure. Ten <laughs> years higher. Uh, I will say he he like you know he made a big step this year by hiring bringing an offensive coordinator because I don't know if you watched the last couple of years when he was coordinating the offense. It was wild. He had, you know, piles of laminated play sheets that he was fumbling around, flipping around. It just seemed super outdated. And I think he realized, hey, I need to hand this offense off to somebody who can, you know, I mean, Bobby Petrino is not the most cutting edge guy, but who can maybe modernize this offense and take some stuff off my plate. So I think he's in the right direction. I just didn't see the deep. I mean, I lost money on Texas A&M last, last um, week. I didn't we, see We them. all bet Texas A&M <laughs> in the pod last week. <laughs> that yeah. makes three of us. Fool yeah. us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. Fool us three times, you're coaching Texas A&M. Gosh. Uh, I'm with you, though, Corey. Like I, One of my biggest frustrations, I'm going to go on a quick rant here, if that's okay for the listeners. One of my biggest frustrations is either a head coach or an offensive coordinator that just has too many plays and too many formations. College football, like modern college football offense needs to be simplified. It needs to be quick. Like look at Texas. They're doing that like one side, one read. You're looking at basically two players and making a decision. Um, Anybody can do that. You get guys like Jimbo, you get guys like Marcus Satterfield who want to have 800 play sheets and like the quarterbacks just don't stand a chance because they're like, I can't memorize 800 plays and you're asking me to do all these things. It just makes no sense. Yeah. And you really don't have time to do it either. I, I mean, no. especially with the transfer portal and offense coordinators going in and out of the door, like they there's no time now. Like, I mean, I, I bet if you looked at the average college quarterback now, they probably have the same offense coordinator on average for like maybe two years. And so like learning the whole system and getting good at it in two years. I mean, if you go to the NFL, they might have a whole career, you know, with the same offense coordinator running the same offense and the same quarterback. Like, yeah, um, it, you're right. Tuck. You don't have the time. I mean, look at Tennessee. Josh Heupel's system is like we're going to go fast and we're going to read a couple of players and make quick decisions. It's very yeah. simple. Not yeah. hard. They're even. They're even getting away from that in the NFL. I know, I mean, I follow 
Todd Munkin at the uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. His one thing with with Lamar Jackson this year was getting rid of his play sheet on his wrist. He's like, hey, we don't need to be reading that. You need to be making calls at the line. So it's simplifying, you know, making it easy enough where he can make a call based off, you know, the coverage at the line, which kind of goes to your point there. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Secure the win every game day with Dr. Pepper. Want to win big all season long? Get your game face on, sign up, or log in to Pepper Perks and reward yourself with college football perks to fuel your fandom. Listeners, I don't know if you know this about me, but I received my doctorate in SEC football, so you can call me Dr. Poppy. And if you see me on game day, you know I'll be drinking a Dr. Pepper. I love those 23 authentic blend of flavors. That's a good segue. We mentioned Josh Heupel. Let's talk, in my opinion, SEC game of the week, Tennessee, Florida. This one for me, I'll mention the line really quickly, then I'll talk about what I'm looking for from a few players. This one seems too good to be true. I've seen this Tennessee like minus six, minus six and a half. Uh, if that's still Tuck, is that similar to what you're saying? If that's yeah, still out there, it's still there. Still that feels there. like that feels like an immediate take for me, but it also feels it makes me wonder what do I not know? What does Vegas know that I don't know? Because that feels way too low. Um, I like Tennessee in this one. Yeah, Joe Milton hasn't looked great. I still think he throws the football too hard, which is I think a hilarious take on a quarterback, but it's true. <laughs> he just fires it in there. Uh, I really like Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. I think those two have looked really good at running back. I think Jalen Wright's a stud. Um, we need to see a breakout game for Squirrel, Squirrel White and Brew McCoy. They have not looked great. Uh, I want to see more from them. Seen a couple of drops, so I want to see them get it together. But I still think this is a Tennessee team that's going to go handle Florida pretty. In, in my in my opinion, I think this is Tennessee by a couple of touchdowns. I think this is a big Tennessee win. I, I agree with you, Dan. And I, it's funny. I I was in the same bet when I first read the line. I, I was like, Tennessee's way better than Florida in, in my head. But then sure. I kept listening to national media and, and all these other guys, and they're like, well, you know, Florida lost to a top 10 Utah team on the road. They're just as talented, if not more talented than Tennessee. It's in the swamp. And that's I think that's where – why everyone is thinking Florida. Um, but the reality is Utah was missing eight to 10 starters, including yeah. their stud quarterback. The only reason they're ranked as high as they are is because once they get into full form, they will be really good. Um, I don't think they're really good right now. I mean, they almost lost to Baylor last week. Uh, Tennessee has been flubbing around with some D2 schools and Yes, I think, you know, they haven't looked their best, but I think if we've learned anything from this year, let's not take very much away from what really good teams do to really bad teams. You don't yeah, know what warm, warm up games. Yeah, you don't know what's in the offense coordinator's head. You don't know what they're trying out. You don't know. I mean, for them, it's a scrimmage. It's a practice. They're just – trying things now i have said it from the beginning there are concerns with their wide receivers um and joe milton throwing an uncatchable <laughs> type ball i, I mean it, it's wild 
to think, you know, that a highly touted college receiver might not be able to handle that. Um, but that's but kind he of what does it looks throw like. so hard. I mean, I, look, I get, I, I don't imagine, I can't I don't imagine blame him. Catch that. Yeah. Especially if it's slightly behind you or something, like you do not oh, have no time chance. to adjust to the ball. Um, and so I do think that's a little bit of a concern, but I also look at this from a coaching perspective. And Tennessee's coaching is so much better than Florida's. Significantly better. And if you don't think Florida's going to shoot themselves in the foot as soon as Tennessee gets that first first down and runs that hurry up and just starts running it down their throats. I mean, everyone thinks Tennessee's this high-octane throw-in-the-ball offense. The reality is they can run it very well, effectively too. Um, and I think that they're just going to run it against Florida. And I don't think – I think Tennessee's defense can stand up to Florida's offense pretty well because Florida has a terrible offensive line, and Tennessee actually has the most tackles for loss in the SEC right now. Um, Good so, stat. you know, I just, everything I look at in this game and, and going all the way back to preseason of, of tiers of teams, I mean, I'd still, I'd put Florida down there closer to Vanderbilt and Tennessee up closer to Georgia. And so I think I'm, I'm with you, Dan, I'm taking six and a half. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about Vanderbilt being lower the pack SEC and then saying you're with me. Vanderbilt football <laughs> team. Corey, let's uh, let's hear your take. Tennessee, Florida, how you feeling? I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of with you guys. I'm leaning leaning towards Tennessee. I, I don't love Joe Milton, but I just I, I like him a lot more than Graham Mertz. Yeah, that you know, I, I just cannot get behind a Graham Mertz offense, and so unless I see something else from from Florida, like you know, that I, I'm I would take you know Tennessee in the points, just absolutely. Uh, I assume, like, I think the Florida will try to muck it up and really slow it down. I mean, that's I feel like that's their best chance. Like, absolutely limit possessions. Really, if they you know run the ball, grind out the clock, and 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 stay close and and try to win it at the end. Um, that's a possibility. But you know, I like like you said, I would say Tennessee by ten or fourteen. Corey, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the Florida team we thought we were going to see was going to be a. Graham Mertz being a game manager and then ground and pound with Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. And that the Florida offensive line looks as bad as South Carolina's offensive line. So you're not going to, you're not going to ground, you're not going to ground and pound anybody with that offensive line. And then you're going to ask Graham Mertz to, to pass the ball. And we all saw this at Wisconsin when Graham Mertz was there, the dude will make one read and then throw it. I mean, Ricky Pearsaw has like 80% of the target share of this Florida receiving court. Shocking. He literally just looks at Ricky Pearsaw and he's like, okay, Ricky's open, throw it. He's not open, scramble and throw it away. So it's there. I think Florida's limited. I think Tennessee is good. So, yeah. And I think it's another instance of everyone looking at uh, Florida beating the crap out of McNeese and running it down their throat and automatically assuming that they're back. I mean, yes, they ran the ball for 350 yards or something like that last week, but against Utah, who actually has a decent defense, they ran for 13 yards total that whole game. (laughs) So I'm taking more from the Utah game as a comparable to Tennessee than I am McNeese. Uh, So I, 
Quick trivia question. Where is McNeese for either of you? Give me, just give me the region. Louisiana? Me the region where it is. The Cowboys, so I'm going Wyoming. Wow, Corey nailed it. Louisiana. Did you know I that? I knew they were from Louisiana. Crap. Yeah, I don't know how. I, that's a, one of those weird things. Wow. Moment Corey's of the podcast, trivia folks. Guy. Clearly. What's the, I love trivia. What's, what, what, like, what's the city? Let me, let me pull it back up. <laughs> Is that too deep? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know. I just Googled it. Uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, McNeese State. Interesting. There we go. There you go, listeners. Mc, McNeese State, 46% graduation rate. There you go. <laughs> One out of every two people graduated really from tough. McNeese State. Unnecessary stat, Dan. We Sorry. didn't throw Sorry. that mess like that. We'll edit that out. Sorry, <laughs> McNeese State. We'll edit that out. Um, let's go to the next game here. These next couple ones are going to be quick. I, I think we're pretty much done now for the listeners, unless you're waiting on your team. Um, Samford Auburn. Shout out to my brother-in-law who went to Samford Law School. Hugh, if you're listening, go Bulldogs. Let's go Samford. Uh, I think that I doubt there's a line on this game. I, I think this is a Auburn warm-up game. So. Yeah, this is going to be a an Auburn win, and the question is going to be the same. Like, who's going to be this Auburn quarterback? I hate to I hate to focus on this, but Peyton Thorne not good. Robbie Ashford not good. Holden Gurner question mark maybe good like when are we going to see him um i do like this auburn defense i like eugene asante the north carolina transfer i think this kid's a player i think this kid's a stud um friend of the pod john mesh who played college football was texting me about auburn similar thoughts he said hey eugene asante absolute stud and then I asked him, I said, John, you know, who's going to be this quarterback? And he said, I don't know what Hugh Freeze is thinking. It's not Peyton Thorne. It's not Robbie Ashford. When are we going to see Holden? So that's what we're all wondering. Um, I, Auburn wins comfortably, but let's see some of the other guys. Let's see some of the young talent. Corey, what are your thoughts? I, I kind of liked, I mean, I don't know if you'll I mean, watch that in real time, but that was shocking to me that they were running out the two quarterback system. I, I kind of like what Ashford gives you. He at least, you know, gives you the ability to scramble and make, make some plays. I, sure. I'm always for a, uh, a more mobile quarterback. That's just over the last probably three or four years, I've kind of leaned that way, but they don't let him right. throw the ball though, Corey. They like, no, they, they told, they, they, they don't let Robbie Ashford throw the no. ball. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, but he, you know, he played Georgia last year and it wasn't, it, he wasn't terrible. So yeah, I don't know where they go. Maybe, you know, maybe it is a completely different direction. I've got nothing to add on this one. Love it. Short and sweet. Good. I like it. Very good. Tuck. Uh, Vanderbilt UNLV. I'd like to start with this one as well. Anchor down. Give me the Commodores, baby. Three and one. Uh, the line on that, I think is like minus four, minus four and a half. Give me Vandy all day. I've been ice cold with my best bets, but this one, Vandy's going to take care of me this week. I, I think I'm going to just keep saying this. I think Vandy's a good football team. <laughs> I think I think this is a good football team. I think AJ Swan is uh, competent. He's good adjacent. I don't want to say he's good, but he's in some sort of alternate universe adjacent to good. I like the receivers with Will Shepard and Jaden McGowan. I I like Vandy's defense. I love Clark Lee. Give me the Commodores anchor down, taking out UNLV. Tuck, what are your thoughts? You know, I was trying to do a little research on UNLV. Couldn't find much. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to pretend in Las Vegas. <laughs> like I watched this game. 
I will say it is in Las Vegas. If it was any other SEC team, I'd be worried about that. But those Vanderbilt Commodores will be locked up in their hotel rooms. Double um, studying. And at the end of the day, Dan, I mean, we took Vandy over three and a half wins. And if they're going to hit that, they've got to win this game. So yeah. I'm doubling okay. down on them. We're, we're taking the doors minus four. Um, I think that they hammer UNLV. I did see that they played Michigan last week and got absolutely – I mean, they might as well have gotten shut out and had <laughs> zero yards the whole game. I, they ended up with like 180 yards, but they had a 80-yard touchdown drive with three minutes left in the game yeah, against Michigan's not a, third string. This so, is not a good football team. I, I think Vandy would have put up more of a fight against uh, a Michigan. So I'm taking him. Corey, you going to join this train? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you guys. You know, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not a huge AJ Swan guy, but I'm a huge Will Shepard guy. <laughs> I think he, he's Love Scott. It. He, he is so good. He might be the best receiver in the SEC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, UNLV got they got kind of run through last week at Michigan. And Michigan could have scored probably sixty points if they wanted to. So I, I'll take Vanderbilt in the points. You know, I think they win win comfortably. I love the Will Shepard call out. You're a big Will Shepard guy. I'm a He's big Jason so McGowan good. guy. Those guys are studs. That's it. I've been telling people that's a, that one two punch of Will Shepard and Jaden McGowan is. That is a that's a middle of the SEC tier one two punch in my opinion. Like that yeah, might be the sure. sixth or seventh best one two punch in the SEC. So people are sleeping on that Vandy offense. Tuck, we're AJ Swan guys. It sounds like Corey, you're not. Uh, and AJ I'm Swan not. sort of playing himself <laughs> out of us being AJ Swan guys. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling on him a little AJ bit. Swan. But all yeah. I need to do is cover these four points this week, and I'm right I back know. on the AJ Swan train. To be fair, he doesn't have a whole lot of time to make those decisions. Sure. He's, no. he's running all over the place. So he's running for his life. I like it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Georgia tech. Ole miss Corey. What are you thinking here? Gosh, you know, I liked Georgia tech early in the year and I, you know, did pretty well with them, but I think Ole miss is going to run all over them. I mean, I think it was, I think I'm seeing it at 19 and a half or 20. Um, in the Grove, you know, in Hemingway Vaught, I mean, I, I, I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think that, you know, Junk, Judkins is going to run for, I don't know, maybe maybe between 150 and 200 yards, and it's going to be it's going to be bad. I think maybe 35 to, to 10 or something like that. I like it, Corey. I'm with you. I like I like Ole Miss covering. I actually, I, I'm waiting on the Quinshawn Judkins breakout game. Uh, we know how good he is. We haven't seen him break out, so maybe this is the game where he does it. I like Jackson Dart a lot. I think Jackson Dart's a stud. I like Trey Harris. I like Jordan Watkins. Talk about a good one-two punch at receiver. I I think this Ole Miss offense is it's just too good, uh, and I don't think this Georgia Tech team is very good. So I've got Ole Miss covering. I've got I've got Ole Miss big win at home. Tuck, what are your thoughts? Well, boys. I'm going against you with the yellow jackets here. All um, right. I, All right. Think, I, I want to change my pick then because you've been white hot picking against the SEC. It is not has nothing to do with tech. I, I mean, I do think tech's just kind of 
they're going to be that grinder team this year that can kind of slow things down, keep games close. They play Louisville close. They covered for me there uh, week one. And Ole Miss, I just, it's more has to do with how overrated I think they are right now. I, I think that Ole Miss, that Tulane game was, I went back and I had done kind of a highlights version when I was doing the review. And then I just went back and rewatched the whole game. That game was so close. And we're talking against Tulane's backup quarterback. And, and truthfully, Ole Miss, very good. Yeah. their first and second down like success rate, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they had to have been terrible. Because every time I looked up, it was second and 14, 13 and, or third and eight, third and 12. I mean, it was – they were playing behind the chains all game long. And I, I, and I think Lane Kiffin came out this week and said we have to get our run game going. And it just hasn't been there. Uh, the run game has not been there. And it's putting them in tough situations. And, yes, Jackson Dart has looked pretty good. Um but that they very easily could have or should have lost to Tulane last week, even though the score ended up being 37 to 20. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I do think Tulane's better than Georgia Tech. And I am by no means thinking that Ole Miss loses this game. I just think it's going to be one of those you're looking around and you check in third quarter and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, Tech's only down by seven. And then maybe Ole Miss comes in and, and, scores a touchdown at the end or something and wins by 14 or 17. But I, you know, honestly, I, I'm waiting for this line to just get higher and higher. I, I saw it at 19. I wouldn't be surprised if it's three touchdowns by game time because everyone sees Ole Miss. I, I, I think there's also this itch for Ole Miss to be that third team in the SEC West to, to be up there with Alabama and LSU. I, I think everyone wants them to compete uh for the sec championship this year yeah and the west is wide open kind of yeah now that it's all wide open um but i just i don't i don't believe that they're there uh listener if if you've been keeping track tucks four and oh and picking against the sec this season so i'm going to change my pick give me georgia tech in the points <laughs> wow i love it this guy has been dialed in Corey. you're on an island now with all miss so we'll that's fine we'll see we'll see um, and I saw Saturday down South, I actually just got a DM about it. They, they ranked the SEC quarterbacks today. Y'all want to hear the top five? I thought it was interesting. Number five. Yeah. Number please. five, Will Rogers, which I think is fine. Number four. And I think this guy is, I think number four is not even close. Spencer Rattler. He should be number one. So it's a bad list right off the bat. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, you're sharing. I could have sworn Spencer Adler was going to be number one on this. Thing. Number three, Tuck, Carson Beck. Over my dead body, is Carson Beck better than Spencer Rattler? That's a cold take. We'll find out this week. No, we're not going to find out anything this week. Uh, <laughs> number number two is KJ Jefferson, who like uh, has been just fine, but nothing special. And then number one's Jackson Dart. So the Jackson Dart Heisman campaign alive and well. It's happening. It's picking yeah, the up the hype game. is there. Tech, tech's going to stomp it out. Love it. Tech's going to be the firing <laughs> extinguisher to Jackson Dart's fiery start. That's I right. Speaking, speaking of KJ Jefferson, are we, are we going to get to that game at some point? Because I will fade the SEC in that game. 
Well, Corey, my gosh, perfect timing. Our next game is the ESPN2 730 game, BYU-Arkansas. Corey, start us off. Beating Arkansas. Love it. Yeah, Arkansas is bad. I can't. I mean, I tried to watch a couple. Kent State is probably the worst team in the FBS. Uh, They they almost beat Georgia last year, Corey. They almost beat Georgia last year. That was with Sean Lewis, who is now the offensive coordinator at CU, which hopefully we'll get to that. But Fair also enough. with a lot of lot of better players than they have this year. Kent State is 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 lost a lot of people over the uh, offseason and Arkansas struggled to move the ball against them. I you know BYU is a solid team. I don't see Arkansas beating them. I think the line's eight, maybe nine now. I see BYU giving them a, a run and maybe winning the game but definitely keeping it within one score. Corey, you've nailed it. I've got BYU winning this football game. There you uh, go. This is going to be, this might be my first like SEC verse out of SEC opponent where I'm picking the out of SEC opponent. I haven't been impressed with Arkansas. I have not been impressed with KJ Jefferson. I have not been impressed with Rocket Sanders. Um, I have not been impressed with Arkansas's defense, even though they've been fine. They haven't really played anybody. Uh, I'm not impressed with the receiving core. I look at this Arkansas team and I, I thought this was going to be a team that was just loaded at the skill positions. And that just hasn't, that hasn't manifested for me. Um, and then BYU, I, I watched a little BYU and I was impressed with the Cougars. Let me tell you, they haven't played anybody. They played Sam Houston in Southern Utah, but I, I watched because Southern Cal or actually they're USC now, unless South Carolina beats Georgia, then we're USC again. But for now, for now, uh, Southern Cal, USC, it's old quarterback, Caden uh, Slavis. He's the starter at BYU. Yeah. He's bounced around. And I think that kid's a stud. Uh, I, I like him. He's played a lot of places, but I think he's good. And then, BYU's got some juice at tight end and receiver. I like that Isaac Rex kid. That kid's a gamer. So give me BYU straight up. I love it, Corey. All right. Love a good money line bet. Um, I don't have much to add here. Honestly, neither of these teams have really played anyone. I'm intrigued to see where they come in. I'm not taking a bet on this one, but I – I'm hoping that this is a good old case of Arkansas just kind of underperforming against some lesser opponents because uh, they're not getting up for it or their vanilla play calling. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, BYU is a good team, like y'all say. And so if Arkansas doesn't throw throw more at it this week, then I, I'm right there with you. I, I mean, if they are what they've looked like the past couple of weeks, then they are definitely in trouble for an upset here. I like it. Let's finish strong with the SEC. Then we'll do the uh, bonus bonus game. Colorado, Colorado State. Pumped about that. Akron, Kentucky is a pretty simple one for me. This is a warm-up game. Kentucky struggled with their warm-up game last week against what was it, Eastern Kentucky? So let's see if they can let's see if they can do better against Akron. Uh, I want to see Devin Leary continue his hot streak. I want to see Ray Davis have a bunch of yards. Another one-two punch at receiver I really like with Tavion Robinson and Dane Key. I think those guys are players. And then the one-two punch on defense at linebacker. I I think Trevin Wallace is one of the best defensive players in the SEC. I think he's a stud. Uh, And then I like Derek Jackson, too. So we've got a – those are just sort of the five five guys I'm 
I'm keeping an eye on if I'm watching that game. And I, I just like how you called it a warm-up game when the line here is 25 points, but the UGA South Carolina game is 27 and a half. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not ready to call that a warm-up game for Georgia, but it's uh, I that's the Georgia South Carolina game. Tuck is what I'm going to call an interesting game. Let's there see what happens. It's a game. Um, yeah, I'm not going to take anything. Uh, Liam Cohen had that halt scare on Sunday. I don't know if yeah. y'all read about that, but. You know, just with an offensive coordinator being out all week, probably, you know, apparently he's fine. But my guess is he's resting up a little more normal, not scheming like he might normally do. So I'm not I'm literally not going to take anything from this game, no matter how it turns out. Yeah, I like staying away. Corey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that they Kentucky walks an easy win. Although I do love Akron's turnover tire. Did you guys see that? (laughs) no. It's sweet. Yeah. It's like it's like the turnover pads or the turnover yeah. chain, but you just put two tires over the the, the whoever intercepted or caught the fumble or got the fumbles. <laughs> Do they like wear it head. around their neck? Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tire just goes over their helmet. It's That's great. sick. Corey, it's I just incredible. googled this. Listener, you really need to Google this. Just Google so good. turnover tire. It's just a defensive back, and he's got literally two giant tires around his head and his helmet. I love it. Yeah, the, the turnover tire is incredible. Oh, that's let's, let's read for some turnovers nice. then, just just for that. Yeah, what to watch for? We're we're looking for Akron turnovers because we want to see <laughs> the tires. All right, Corey, start us off. I want to hear your Colorado Colorado State take. Are you do you love Dion or do you hate Dion? That's the first. Oh question. gosh, I I don't I don't want to use the word hate, but I'm I'm anti Dion. Uh, okay, tell us so more. Being in Colorado, you know. CU Boulder is kind of the the more I don't know if I want to say uppity institution. When I moved out here, I I started I gravitated toward Colorado State, a program that's in the depths right now. CU obviously on the rise. Right now, I just think that that Colorado and Dion are just wildly overvalued. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the the spread right now for this game, and it's Last I saw was 23 and a half for Colorado over Colorado State. I'm going to continue to bet against Colorado the rest of this year. I think this team is there. There couldn't be a more overvalued team in the FBS right now. It's like having a a mortgage backed security in 2006. <laughs> I think it's going to blow up. They, they're averaging like 1.8 yards per carry. They're throwing, I mean, which is what Kent State did last year. They they yeah, run they, the spread option. They're they going to throw the ball. The ball. Yeah. They do not <laughs> run the ball. So if a team, I I don't think Colorado State's going to win the game this, this weekend. I think they're going to keep it closer than the spread. And then I think next weekend, Oregon is going to demolish Colorado. I think that that this team is just wildly overvalued. That's my, my one piece of advice. Not a financial advice, but... That that's that's what I feel about Colorado right now. I, you know, everybody when you look at the market, they're ninety to ninety five percent of the bets are coming in on Colorado. They did last week against Nebraska. They're coming in right now against Colorado State. It's just not sustainable. That's not what that team is. Yeah, I mean, Colorado is obviously the most fun storyline in college football um, right now. I, I, you've got to be right from a betting standpoint, though. I mean, at some point, the the storybook has to end. Uh, I mean, 
these guys are probably a uh, bowling team now, which, you know, yeah, probably before the season, we couldn't say that, but they're not a top 15 team. Uh, I don't think they're, you know, a top 20, 25 team, really. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, it'll, it's all going to come back eventually. I, I, do, I think Nebraska was overrated when they played them. Um, I think TCU was overrated when they played them. Uh, and so I think that kind of helped them. But, you know, Dion does just keep proving everyone wrong. He keeps finding an edge. I don't think he's got to find an edge against the in-state rivals. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not taking a bet on this game. I, I'm just sitting here, sitting back, watching the show. I, I think it's fun to watch. I'm with you, Tuck. I, I'm so confused by this Colorado team. Uh, for those that have listened to all of our episodes, one of my one of my best bets week one was actually betting against Colorado uh, and taking TCU. I thought this Colorado offensive line and defensive line, I thought sort of the the lines of scrimmage was going to be really bad. Um, and they're definitely not good, but they're they're better than I thought. Corey mentioned it. They they can't run the ball. Uh, at all, and they don't even try, which I think is hilarious. But I, I like Shador Sanders. I mean, he looks like a player. He looks like a gamer. He's, he's got a good arm. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He looks like he makes good decisions, quick decisions. Um, and then that that one, two, three punch at receiver, Xavier Weaver, Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn Jr. Studs. I mean, is Travis Hunter the Shohei Otani? of college football. He's playing both ways. He might Amazing. be. It's incredible. Yeah. He, I mean, he might, is he, he's, he might be the best player in college football, right? You could probably make a good argument for that. Um, so when you have guys like that, anything could happen. I, I'm fascinated by Deion Sanders. I, I like, I, I want to not like him because he comes in and he runs everybody out and he has what 80 transfers or something like literally cleans house. But then you watch him talk to the players and you're like, man, this guy is in like, I'm inspired by this guy. And then you see the clips of him talking to like Shiloh and Shador after the game. And you're like, man, this guy, like he kind of seems like an awesome dad. And he seems like he, I know the thing with him is like, oh, he just like comes and cleans houses, like cleans house and brings in his own guys. It feels like he really like loves his guys and he he like calls them all his children, which is a little funny, but I think that's kind of cool. I like the I like the familial atmosphere. I like Shador Sanders. I like the receivers. Give me Colorado in this one. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm going against you, Corey. Give me God. Colorado. Uh, okay. if, we're, if we're all taking bets here, then I'm going with Shout out David Firth. Me and Corey's one of our best friends from college. His uncle is the athletic director at, director at Colorado State. And I, I'm not going to pretend like I sat here and looked into this game and or anything. No, I haven't either. Yeah, correct. But give me Colorado State because that's where my heart's yeah. telling me to go. And and I liked Corey's take better than yours, Dan. So That's yeah. fair. <laughs> Joe, Joe Parker up at Colorado State, he uh, made a great hire. Um you know, and and I, I just think that you know Colorado State, they're you know they're in their second year, they're still building, they're starting to get some four stars. Uh, it, it's different than what Dion's doing, and they're certainly not going to win. 
I mean, they're plus 900. It's, you know, there's, they're not going to win this game, but I think that they keep it closer than, you know, what. So it's funny. I look at it, you know, they have the 23 point spread against Colorado. And then next week, Oregon is a 15 point favorite. And that just doesn't make sense to me. That's one of those things where it's like, you know, like what? Right. So it, it, it's going to be interesting what happens next week with Oregon. I think that's really going to be the, uh, when the shoe dropped for, for Colorado. And is Colorado, I think somebody said Colorado, Colorado State's college game day. Is that right? Yep. That is, that is correct. They're going to be no older. They're already there getting college go. game day. Doing college yeah. Game see, it's, day. it's just, they're just, they're just milking it. They're milking it, man. Oh like man. The guys. media loves these guys. If they win, are they going to get back to back college game days? Yeah, Cause then absolutely. they'll be like a top, they'll be a top 20 team playing Oregon. That's a good, well, game. they're eight, they're 18 right now. They're 18 in the AP. Oh, they might be a top 15 team playing a top mm-hmm. 10 team in Oregon. That'd be interesting. There must be a better game next week. I honestly have not looked ahead. Um, Georgia, Georgia, South Carolina, everybody's sinking it. That's well, I'm, t- I'm talking day. week four, like when, when the Oregon game would be that they, are going to have to go to. I don't think so. Anytime there's there's two ranked games, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let me recap just so I think I got y'all's bets down. So we got uh, Kansas State minus five for Tucker and Dan Corey taking them plus five. We got uh, Tennessee over Florida clean sweep for the boys all taking Tennessee minus six and a half. Uh, Georgia Tech versus Ole Miss. We got Tuck and Dan plus 19 with Corey at minus 19. I like it. Uh, Arkansas BYU. We've got Dan with the the hard money line bet here. And then BYU straight up, baby. Corey plus eight. Uh, UGA South Carolina. We've got Dan plus 27 and a half. Corey minus 27 and a half. Vandy. We're all locked in on Vandy minus four. Alabama, I've got them covering 32. Corey's got them not getting the points against South Florida. <laughs> uh, and then LSU, Mississippi State, we've got Tucker with under 40, 54 and a half points. And then Dan and Corey both taking LSU at nine and a half. And then the fun battle of the week with Colorado, Colorado State, Tucker and Corey taking Colorado State. While Dan is riding with Dion and Shador, and give me uh, give me Colorado money line minus <laughs> minus fifteen hundred. Uh, no easy wins like that, Dan. Two thousand. Give me, a, give, me uh, give me Colorado two hundred dollars to win a dollar money line. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'll I'll give you an extra dark green square if if you hit that BYU money line. Love it. We'll I count it for it. two. It'll be double dip. I need it. I need it the way I've been picking. Well, guys, we did it. Corey, this has been a pleasure. You brought it. You brought that Colorado, that Colorado heat. Corey, the haymaker Haynes on the pod. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for uh thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, you know, anytime you need a, a hot take on Colorado, if you want to bring me back on after they nosedive. Or, you know, just, you know, more insight into to Georgia. Me and, me and Tucker are happy to get real deep in the weeds. That's right. Thanks, Riley. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Big SEC Guys. We are now on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. 
Please follow, like, subscribe, and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. The end.